This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hello again, everybody. You can obviously tell we are not in the studio because we are traveling because we are shooting and we posted pictures and you guys are excited and so are we. <laughs> yeah, we're shooting hatchbacks. It's been a while since we've really focused on hot hatchbacks. Yep. And we decided that Civic Type R is a liftback. It's, it's, there's hatch space back there. There's enough <sighs> yeah, semantics. It's, space it's the hatchback to, to version of the current Civic. I, I understand liftback. I know. I get it. But <laughs> this, is, this is splitting hairs, folks. Happy Friday. We have hatchbacks coming in hot. It's going to be very, very cool. <laughs> I'm actually really excited about this piece. We haven't shot on gorgeous days in Los Angeles on some of these roads in a while. We, we've been out in the Malibu area. We've had a great time. We got some awesome footage. We saw the ocean a lot the last few days, which has been bizarre because at home there's not, I'm not kidding, exaggerating. You have seven feet of snow in your driveway. And, and, and I have yeah. five-foot-high walls beside <laughs> where I drive my cars out. And we're standing around in T-shirts looking at the ocean going, this is not the same. That's been really fun. I can't wait to share this piece. Lots of really good stuff coming. Yeah, it's been very different. Well, if you haven't seen it yet, Cars of the Past Trip number four, the final episode is now out on our mm-hmm. original YouTube channel. We did it again. We road trip to the south yep. in our old cars, and this one is fun. So this is the wrap-up to that entire series. Yep. It is out. Man, thank you for all your hard work on the edit. And, hey, I, uh, I really enjoyed glad this it's out. One. I really enjoyed this one. This has been a really cool series. We have more of these road trip series coming. And guys, if you like this series, and we really appreciate the comments and the engagement on this series, but this is a lot of work for us. This is a lot of cost for us. We thoroughly enjoy them, which is why we're doing them. But I, look, this is my genuine ask to all of you. If you like these things, encourage other people to watch them because we feel like we're throwing down, making these road trip series, and we know there's some others out there. We feel like ours should be playing among the most watched road trips out there. We feel like they're good enough to play that way. If you agree with that, we would love to have your help promoting it to other people, having other people watch it, because we just think they're fun. That's Mm -hmm. why we're doing them. We want to encourage you guys to take road trips. We love how many of you are wanting to take road trips as a result of this series, which is wonderful. And how many of you are joining us on our adventures, which feels connected to this series, too. So we're loving those. Pilgrimage is full, by the way. Utah Meetup is full. Can't and believe the that. Colorado, That's really awesome. Uh, yeah, the Colorado Meet is actually launching in about a week or so, so you could join us for that. So lots of road trips still to come, and we'd love to have you with us. The Civic Test Drive, Civic Type R Test Drive, is now playing mm-hmm. on the Test Drive channel. So we had that against the Elantra N, but this go-around is hot hatches, but we drove it standalone, mm-hmm. independently. And that yep, is on the test drive. test drive channel playing now as well. So check that out. Got new stuff on both channels. Yep. Our car debates come to you first from Chris in Virginia. He says these magic words. He's open to a car of any age <laughs> because okay. he wants a car with character. And okay. cars with character have imperfections. Yep. And those imperfections mean spending time rebuilding and <laughs> fixing and project cars. But they're, Wait, they've got you, character, though. Do you have experience with this, Paul? Are you saying I have you a know car with about character. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Well, Chris has been a longtime listener. Really appreciate it, Chris. He's always hesitated to write in, but he's narrowed down a question that he has. He has ha- had numerous full-size pickup trucks because he lives on rural property and having the bed is useful on a weekly basis, despite wondering 
if he could get by without one. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Just the fact that you're thinking you can <laughs> it means you're down the road to But it but it's also clear ready. that Chris uses that utility, that kind of who cares throw it in the bed thing. So maybe you'd miss it. I, I yeah, do think it's interesting true. that you're pondering it and I love that you're you're really trying to get perspective on it. That's great. Well his real real question is about getting a fun sports car to add to the garage. He has an F-150, and his wife has a 4Runner, and those are both in good shape. So it sounds like they're not going anywhere. Nope. So this car would be just for fun. And he'd probably drive it daily a lot. Some of the time, yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't have a long commute, but as a teenager, he restored and hot-rodded a 67 Mustang. So he's gotten the project car out of his system. <laughs> so the read between the lines there is, please don't encourage uh-huh. me to get a project car. I don't need one. I've done it. Thank you. But you, you said you're open to a car of any age. Uh-huh. That is the twist for sure. Well, he's also owned a Porsche 997.2 S mm-hmm. or S and an 88 911 Carrera. He loved that 88, but then COVID hit, and he figured he'd better sell it. The, the read between the lines there is, COVID hit, and I didn't know this was worth that much. Now is the time right. to sell. That's what that really means. Right. He says he's got kids two and four and would like for them to be able to come along for rides. He recently drove a friend's C7 Corvette, and like the 997, it was so fast, it wasn't really fun. The C7 and the 997 both were too fast to be really fun. Now, what I'm hearing there is... Probably you still enjoyed them, but you realized you couldn't get close to finding the edges of them. Something we've actually talked about a lot privately and with you guys, the fact that where where is the place you feel like you're enjoying all the car can do? And he's saying that the C7 Corvette and the 911 that he had, he couldn't come close to finding the edges, and they ceased to be as fun as he wanted them to be. So we're dialing it back for Chris. I love this. Hmm. Well, he says he liked how he could ring out that 88 and not feel like you were going to jail. He's out in Virginia, which is particularly tough on speeding, and he'd like to stay under $40,000 or even closer to thirty grand. And his logical thought, of course, was a GR86, but his wife is not a fan of the looks. Hmm. He likes the looks for the most part, but he's not immediately sold either. And he knows a sporty four-seat car is not the easiest thing to find. Oh, and one more thing, <laughs> he would like it to be manual. Sure, that makes it easy. Yeah, good, excellent. <laughs> Chris, this is interesting. I like this, but it sounds like the sports car that you want is really for the kids. I mean, it's for you. Yeah. It's, you're going to be commuting yeah. in it. I mean, obviously, yeah. your two- and four-year-old aren't driving. I wear it. Clearly, yeah. But, but there's, a, there's a full family enjoyment factor here that does limit options a lot. So I thought it doesn't need to be the hardest of hardcore sports cars True, ever. yeah. It doesn't need to be something that's going to be a track monster. You just want to go bombing around with the kids and have a fun time and mm-hmm. take them to ice cream or go on an errand with dad. And, yeah, it, whatever you get, it doesn't matter if the rest of us enthusiasts classify it as a sports car. Interesting. Okay, It only matters to your kids. If that's the fun car, mm-hmm. let's take the fun car. Sports car, fun car, semantics. Sure. Okay, fair. I mean, I'm trying to justify the car that I'm going to recommend for you. <laughs> There's the plan. But okay. I think you will like it. Now, as you said, the GR86 would fit that. It does everything you want, but you don't like the styling. And an 11th generation Civic Si will do all the things that you're asking, mm. but it doesn't have the attraction that you're wanting. Or Yeah, I agree. I think that you want your kids to have. Mm. When you say, hey, let's take the fun car, I think you want them to light up. Mm. And whatever that car is... It could be the slowest thing on the planet. But if you're kind of booking and they're giggling, isn't that worth it? That's the victory. For sure it is, yeah. 
I thought of an E46 M3 convertible. Oh, that's interesting. I see that, yeah. Which sprung to mind when you said four-seat sports car. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't really need to be that either, even though those are actually in, in your budget. So how about a Mini Cooper? Hmm. A Mini Cooper is fun. Yep, Everybody is, for sure. has fun. You look at it and you think, oh, they're having fun. Mm-hmm. That owner likes their car. They're having fun. Yep. You're going slow. You're going fast. And here's the thing. What you could do is start to teach your kids to make daddy's car rider active. <laughs> <laughs> so when the it's right good. turn's coming up, kids get to the right side of the car and they shuffle over. Or you could even fold the seats down. They're standing up in the back. No, 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 no. And they can get, just hold on to some handles, kids, and shift your torso over to the Terrible right side ideas. of the car. Daddy's going to put on two wheels around this corner. Well, it's, you're, doing, you're talking about the family-approved version of your side, my side. Exactly. That you play with the siblings in the back, yeah. Okay, don't do that. Just keep them belted in. Keep them in, the, in their car seats. But... Eventually, as they grow older, they're going to want to like shift their weight in the back and make Dad's car kind of spin out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think a Mini Cooper would be great. You don't have to spend thirty grand. Agreed. You can spend half of that, fifteen, maybe twenty, yeah, yeah, on something, and it's just a fun little runabout. It's whatever is smaller than Mom's Forerunner and Dad's F one fifty will be the fun car. I guarantee You're right. you. You're absolutely right. It will be smaller and lighter. I don't care what the shape is, four doors, two doors, whatever the power is, that will automatically be the fun car. You don't have to spend money to satisfy yourself. All we're doing, it it's for your kids. It's interesting. I actually have the Mini Cooper on my list as well. Do for you? For the exact same okay. reasons. It's really good. I have others, but that's, that's on my list because I think it's a great solve here for Chris. I love it. Yeah, Mini Cooper for me. Okay, that's the, that's the only one you're doing? Because it's yeah. great. It's really superb. Yep. Definitely came to mind for me. I, I have to ask this question. You don't like the look of the GR86 enough, and your wife doesn't like it really at all. What do you think of the first gen? Oh, GT86. Yeah, the GT86, the FRS, the BRZ, whatever you want to call it. What are the first gen? Because I I actually really like the look of the second gen, but I think the first gen is a more unique-looking car, meaning it looks like nothing else on the road. The GR86, the one that we own, the blue one, has like like bits and pieces of other designs. Oh, that's a good thing from this. That's a good thing. It's a great-looking design. But the GT86, the first gen, is much more unique. And do you like that? Because if you were already eyeing one, now you can get one of those. It doesn't have a problem of being too fast. I'm, I'm kind of saying that tongue-in-cheek, but it's very fun to drive. I'm wondering if that might work. I'm at least throwing it out there. I also thought of the BMW 135i, or even the 128i. Oh, sure. Get it with the good suspension setup so it actually has decent handling. And those are surprising Oh, I like Those this. Are, they're really yeah. fun. Good two plus yeah. twos. A little bit of character. You don't see a ton of them. They're out there. You could go get one. I think that would be a really nice... It's also from a good era of BMW, before mm-hmm. things started to get more electronic and less involving. So 128i with, I think it's called the Sport Pack, but don't quote me, or the 135i if you want a little more power. It's the Mini M3 of that era. But it's not as powerful. They're they're really cool. So that's a good option. I have a side note for you, though, Chris. You're requiring this fun car to take the whole family. And I have to at least ask, why? I mean, I understand the desire to put the family together and have fun. But you're talking about you'd kind of like to make it an almost daily commuter, which means just you. And you also want to make it fun, which, okay, that makes it an occasion car. Mm -hmm. So what Mm -hmm. about... And I'm just going to go to the obvious here. What about getting yourself an MX-5? 
spec it exactly like you want, spend the money, get a new one, or find somebody's used one. Great deals are available for that well within your budget. My point is, that means whoever goes with you, it's a special occasion time with them. You go out with your wife. You go out with your daughter. You go out with your son. You, you have a, let's, let's go. You and me right now, let's go do something. It makes it even more of an occasion car when you have the person you're going to have special time with. And everyone I know that has a couple of kids, they, they try really hard, and I obviously don't do this because I have one, but they try really hard to be like, okay, this is time with this kid and this is time with that kid to, to really dig in. And I'm just thinking, you also have that opportunity with your wife. So mm-hmm. what about mm-hmm. getting a two-seater and make it even more of an occasion car? And then at that point, things like the MX-5 I think are viable. And then... I landed on a weird, oddball answer for Chris. Great. I can't believe I'm going to recommend this car, but if you can find a really good one, I think it checks all the boxes. Okay. The Mazda RX-8. Rotary life, my friend. Those things handle so well. See if you can get one of the last years, the R3s. Those were so good. It's like 2011? I think so. Or in there? So, look, there's, there's a lot of them out there. A lot of RX-8s out there. A lot of them are beat down. And not running well. Yeah, don't buy any of those. But yeah. if you can find one that's been well taken care of, and since this doesn't have to be your daily car, you can do the stuff that keeps the rotary running well. Those back seats are pretty tiny. Uh, the, but they're there. But they're, they're there, and they're built for kids. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And that is a fun, that is one of the better, actually, 2 plus 2 platforms out there. It just has that rotary question mark under the hood, which it could be fine or it could be a problem. But they're also, at this point, they're not expensive. So it's not like yeah. you blew your whole budget on a rotary, and then if something happened, right. it's like, okay, let's go, let's spend 10 or 15 and get an RX-8. See what we think. Yeah, not 30. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 no, don't do that. that. Don't do that. But I just thought, that's an oddball here that I really like, because manual transmission, that car is so fun to drive. I mean, genuinely really fun to drive. The rotary adds a question mark. But I know people that have daily plenty of RX-8s. So I'm putting that out there as my kind of wild card, but I still like it for you, Chris. Chris, this is great. Giving you a few options there. Really appreciate you riding, and I hope you have a fun time searching. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of the fun, of course, is the chase. So yeah. take the kids, take the fam, and go <laughs> do a little bit of driving and see what, you know, what do the kids light up about? What do they gravitate towards? I mean... Don't ignore that because we all have the stories later in life. Like, well, as mm-hmm. a kid, my dad had mm-hmm. blank, and that affected me like this. We tell those stories on ourselves your, and on you guys all the time. Your kids are now at that age where they're going to have the same stories. Yeah. What are you doing for them? It is a new year with new products from Griot's Garage. First up is the 3-in-1 Wheel, Tire, and Mat Cleaner. This is a non-acidic formula that cuts brake dust and road grime on your OEM wheels, tires, and rubber floor mats. Then there's Water Spot Remover, which removes the above surface water spots from exterior surfaces. There's Ceramic Metal Polish. It brightens, restores, and protects common metal surfaces, and it leaves a finish like you've never seen. I use some of this stuff on the Z Exhaust. It's awesome. Then there's their Citrus All-Purpose Cleaner. When Nick was on the podcast the last time, he talked this up. You have gum in the seats. You've got melted crayons. This is the stuff that works on that. It's a concentrated, powerful, non-foaming cleaner for exteriors and interiors alike. And remember that all Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. 
And when you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griots, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Our second car debate comes to us from Jacob, who's writing in. And the tagline here is the best. He's looking for weird. The weirder, the better. <laughs> We're into the weird car world here for him, and that's wonderful. He, for the last four years, he's had a 2016 Ford Focus ST. He loves it. It has 140,000 miles. It's on its second motor. So that means, hang on, whoa, <laughs> screech. <laughs> you like it enough, you've put a motor in it. Well, I mean, it's unclear whether uh, he did 130,000 miles and then replaced the motor, or did it die at who knows? 50 or... But I'm saying there's enough love here that you you loved it through a motor swap. Yeah. So that's that yeah. you really like it. You said you've used it for everything from track days to camping, but it's time to get something new. And he said he cannot figure out what that should be. His budget is under thirty five thousand dollars, which he said, when I don't know what I want and I've got thirty five grand, there are a lot of potentials here. One of them he's looking at is a twenty seventeen Audi S three. He says it sounds great, except he really wants a manual, which makes it a real problem. So where are we on this? And then his, his big PS here that I love is he just says, the weirder, the better, and lists cars, including three Saabs. Three, yeah, I saw that. He also had a Mazda Speed 6 from 2008. But yeah, he had a Saab 900, a Saab 9.3 from two, year 2000, and an 01 Saab 9.3 again. Yes, weird Wait. car world is you, Jacob, for sure. Okay. Well, you have given us very few guardrails yep. here. You just said... Weird. The weirder, the better. Just mm-hmm. bring it. New experience. Thirty-five grand. Let's go weird. Let's have some fun. I like this. This is great. Jacob, any right-hand drive car in Whoa. the U.S. is weird. You're right. That's excellent. People will think it's weird. They will stare at it. You will think it's weird every time you get in. You'll just say, "This is weird." <laughs> <laughs> oh, the turn signals are over there. You'll now. be reminded. Oh, okay. Anything with a five-cylinder engine is weird. Yes. Mm-hmm. They sound weird. They're just weird. That's funny. I like it. That's okay. good. The Honda CRZ is weird. That's a good one. But they're cheap. They're not. That's a really good one. His, his budget. I mean, you're already looking at Audis. You're probably not looking at Honda CRZs. What about the BMW Z3 shoe? Yeah. Yeah. Not too many cars are as weird as that one. And, and they it's can awesome. Be found it's awesome manuals. weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome weird. And, it's the, not and the truth weird, is, weird. you're going to spend a good part of your budget getting one because those cars are beloved and weird. Yeah. Yes. They're now a bit of an older car. That's the problem. Is that a deal breaker for you? But the good news is the manuals are there. You can mm-hmm. find them. You're totally. going to have to search hard for those. You could upgrade to a Z4M. Sure, yeah. Also a bit different. I mean, that's a little bit more conventional looking. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the Z3 shoe, the bread van, whatever you call it. That, yeah, yeah. Always intriguing because it's just so useful. Mm-hmm. It's just so great. And the Z4M Coupe, I have to say, having had the convertible, which I liked, the Z4M Coupe is one of the prettiest cars ever, I think. That's, that's yeah. the one place yeah, where Chris great. Bangle just nailed it. I mean, I don't know what your needs are. I think you're just going for some new experience mm-hmm. because you had that Focus ST from track days to camping. Yep. And I suppose you can do that with just about any car, but yeah. there are cars that do one thing better than another. Yeah, you're not going to buy yourself a Suzuki Cappuccino for track days to camping. I mean, you'll have fun at it. I have right. no question, but that's right. not going to work. Yeah. I don't know where you're at with mm-hmm. tracking right now. I mean, I started to think about Ford Mavericks. Those are kind of weird. 
Yeah, you yeah. Know, modern. Hyundai Santa Cruz. It's they're a little above the budget, weird. but they're excellent. Yeah. But if you're doing more off-roading kinds of activities, I mean, Jeep Wranglers are known, but they're a weird. They're weird to you. Well, but they're also. But look in the pantheon of cars. They are weird. The, yeah. the Jeep Wrangler, weird choice for sure. Yeah, Jacob, they're new. They're weird. Yep. You haven't experienced one yet. You're going to have weird experiences in driving this yeah, one. Yeah. So what about a Wrangler? And and then maybe that pushes you back to sports cars. You have that for two, three years. You really enjoy it. You do different activities, outdoor, that kind of thing. Maybe that stays in the collection and you start to mm, discover mm. tools for the job. Mm, there you go. Maybe that sets you on the path. And I suppose you, we could do that with sports cars. You know, let's start down more of a hardcore sports car route. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you like camping, outdoor, hardcore, off-roading, that kind of thing. And you add a... Wrangler or Bronco or some 4 x sure, 4 sure. You know, FJ Cruisers or Tacos or there's <laughs> endless 4x4 yep. choices out there. But I think a, a, a different vehicle is what's going to set experiences for from you mm-hmm. or for you. And you're going to start to... That's kind of what I feel like you're, you're looking for. Is Interesting. The car yeah. to set the experience at this point. I like it. That's very good. Jacob, I've got... Uh, I was just starting to think about weird car world. What is atypical? And then I thought about your list you've got here of track days to camping. And I thought, you know, I see why the hatch is working for you. And what you're not saying here is you're not saying, I want to get away from a hatch. You're not saying, I want a completely different experience. You're just saying, I want a new experience. Mm -hmm. And I like Mm -hmm. weird. I've got two for you that can do track days to camping that are still hatchbacks and are both quite different. Now, unfortunately, my first recommendation, it's a bit of a left turn and it doesn't come in a manual. And that's a bummer. But... We do really love the Mercedes GLA AMG 45. That is a massive, oddball, fantastic hot hatch upgrade. Now, of course, it has a seven-speed dual clutch, so it's a very different experience than what you've had. You're talking first gen. I'm talking the one that we drove a while back with the Macan. 16, 2017? That era, era, yeah, Yeah. for sure. But, I mean, it's a a hatchback. I don't care that they sell it as a CUV. That is the Mercedes makes a hot hatch, but it's all-wheel drive, incredibly fun to drive. You could find one for your budget. Everyone we know that's bought one has been like, I bought this, and it continues to surprise me. This thing is so cool. They're very cool. So you lose the manual, but that is a fantastic, weird car choice that would do all of your needs. And then I just thought, wait a minute. So weird, they stopped making it. And everything you need. Jacob, Hyundai Veloster N. Three doors, three window switches. It's a hatchback. It's a track car. It's got a crazy voice. It, come on. Comes in nutty colors. That's really good. The Hyundai Veloster N. That is the weird answer to your I like my Focus ST. It's better driving than the Focus ST. Not that the Focus ST is bad, but it's better driving than the Focus ST. Yeah, it's that's an excellent Three choice. doors, three windows. You just don't see them. So weird they stopped making it. Yeah, I like that a so lot. So I think the, one of those two is your answer, my friend, and I hope you let us know. Jacob... Thank you for writing, Chris. Really appreciate it, too. If you've got an email like both of these emails, write to us, TV at gmail.com. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates. You guys had lots of great questions, as always. We really appreciate it. I will say something that we are laughing about, and, and we've done it to ourselves, but we're laughing about it, and that is when we're out doing one of these shoots... We so want to share photos with you guys. We so want to say, this is what we're filming. Mm -hmm. But what's funny is that when we do it and we ask for questions, you guys ask questions about what's the conclusion of the shoot. And 
We're not going to tell you that. We're, we're, we're not. We, we got. That's why we spent days reveal. filming. We're, yeah. We want you to know it's coming, but we can't tell you yet. So we can't answer those questions. But we do appreciate all the interaction. I'm going to start with an oddball one from Ronald on Twitter. He said he's asking me for those of you that are surfing a crowded parking lot looking for empty spaces. What you're talking about is that frustration moment you have when you go around the van. Oh, there's a space and there's a motorcycle in it. You're talking about that, but you're asking about my Lotus. He's asking, do I pull all the way in, thus hiding me behind the mm-hmm. van and people nearly pull in behind me, or do I park, pull out so people can see that the space is filled? Honestly, Ronald, I'm right down the middle. I don't pull all the way forward because the last thing I want to have happen is have somebody come in at speed thinking it's a space and discover too late. So I don't pull all the way up. But I also don't tr- try not to get my bumper as far back as other cars because I am still small. Yeah. So and I you'll try to also get, hit the parking stop. Totally. Too. So I try to get kind of right down the middle of the space, kind of hovering in the middle. I'm still really little, so I still hide a little bit, but I try to do that. Great question from Michael Bolden, 77 on Instagram, asking, "What ideas do we have to get non-car people more excited about cars?" Mm. His father is not a car guy, and he's always tried to talk to him about his car obsession. He's able to hold conversations about it, but as he's getting older, Michael is realizing time is running out, and he's looking for more ways to bond with his dad over a passion. Hmm. I thought of three ideas. Okay. They're all documentaries, Michael. Oh, interesting. First is The Racing Life of Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. Because Paul Newman really is from your dad's era. Mm-hmm. It's good. All the celebrities to you and I that are modern-day celebrities... Paul Newman, I mean, yeah, yeah. Paul was from, you know, a little bit of our era, too. I grew up yeah, yeah, hearing sure. about Paul Newman, and, you know, so did you. But that was really, mm-hmm. you know, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, that era was yep. really your dad's kind of Tom Cruise equivalent. It's great. You know what it's I good mean. stuff. Yeah, for sure. He wanted to be known as that race car driver that occasionally acted. Everybody knows him, including your dad's generation, as the actor Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he drove cars. Oh, yeah, I think I've bought some of his salad dressing. <laughs> really? Yeah, I hear you, yeah. But this film talks about everything behind the scenes leading up to the event about cars. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the film Senna, also a documentary. Really good, yeah. It has everything to do with behind the scenes of a conflicted, tortured guy who happened to be the world's greatest race car driver. Mm. Leading up to the race. It was everything behind the scenes leading up to the actual thing of racing. And then, wow, here's footage of him doing his thing, Mm -hmm. wowing the crowd. And then afterwards, after the race is over, back into his life. And, you know, he won the race, but some races he still wasn't really satisfied with the result. There isn't anything better than first place. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do better. (laughs) And then Drive to Survive. I find it fascinating. For the reason you've mentioned is because you like the storyline behind the race. You'd rather see the politics, the conflicts, Mm -hmm. the back and forth, whatever's going on that leads to the buildup of cars. Yep, I hear you. Anything having to do with that, whether it's documentaries. I mean, that's mostly what I can think of that is explaining that. Because that will get you, Michael, with your dad, talking about everything else but Mm -hmm. cars and yet... All you're watching is cars. It's good. 
Lots of conversations out of that. That's really good. Ted Theologan, Party On Man, he says, uh, 14 months on the all-weather Nokian tires. What's the verdict compared to full winters for sports cars? He said, especially with the heavy snow winter we're having right now. This is a great question because I was actually just experiencing this about a week ago. I had the Z out right after a big snowstorm. And you have to first off understand that the Z... The way it delivers torque, it just likes to break the tires loose. You could, you can, so crazy. You can overpower the tires oh, in the summer just because you tried. So that's, that's, that's a separate thing. These all-weathers, honestly, have genuinely surprised me, Ted. They have been the absolute 100% right tire choice for these four completely varied locations and seasons that we've done. I mean, keep in mind, if you've watched the South Piece, we hit unpaved roads again. Not trying to, just suddenly ran out of pavement. We're driving on dirt. So, I mean, they've worked for all conditions. They've been really great. I have found that grip for stopping and grip for steering has actually been pretty good in them. I can break them loose on snowy roads pretty easily with the back tires. But as long as I'm careful and judicious with how I'm actually delivering the power, I've found them to be solid. Would I prefer an all winter, like a full winter tire? And a full summer tire on that car? Yes, I would. I would prefer tools for jobs on tires. But as something to be an all-in-one, I've been quite impressed. AlexHC09 on Instagram says, Is there a recent car that would have been better with less power? That's interesting. I don't understand the question. (laughs) I know. That really made your brain (laughs) Better with less power. That's funny. I like it. Better? Pony cars immediately come to mind. Well, you're right. I don't know that anybody talks about the GT500 Mustang. Hmm. Nobody really talks about that car with hushed tones and quiet reverence of, man, I really wish and I aspire to that car. And it's a world-class car. Yeah. There's owners out there who love their car. What do you do with it? Mm -hmm. It's such a monster. Mm. AMG cars. I love the power. That's why you buy AMG cars. Yeah, sure, sure. The Escalade V. I mean, does the Suburban need 700 horsepower? <laughs> Fair, yeah. The reason all those Hellcats sold was because of that number, not because the owners are drag racing them or tracking them or even pushing them really hard beyond the first three seconds after the light changes to green. <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. So... All of those cars are pretty much offered with the base engines, but it's the special ones because of all these car enthusiasts who work for these car companies that say, we got to do this. And those become moment-in-time cars. Those become the hallowed cars. Sure. That 1M BMW from 2011. Yep. Does it really need 320 horsepower? No. No. We have the 128i and the 135i, as you suggested earlier. They're great cars, and they handle great. But that power adds a special flavor it to does, it. It does, for sure, yeah. Didn't really need to build that, and yet they did, and they built something triple yeah, like they originally planned mm-hmm. because there was such high demand for them. By the and way, now let's they're other car makers, let's do that. If there's high demand, let's build more. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> side note. But those high demand cars, again, back to this GT500, I think about that car and mm. go, we haven't driven that car, True, Alex. What are we going to say about it? But, but you bring up an interesting point, and, that, and you're a guy that is actually generally much more interested in sheer power than I am, but at the same time, you're, you're already speaking to it. Most cars that live on as amazing cars, it's not necessarily because of a power number. True. The iconic, True. like, eternal cars. Because, and I think part of that is because the power number is always changing and it's always going up. 
but there are cars that doesn't matter how much power they had. Look at this thing. It was cool when it came out. It's even cooler now. So it, it, the, the chase of constantly more power isn't always a solve. And you're bringing up, yeah, the, the, the best Mustang of the last gen probably wasn't the most powerful. That's fascinating. The best car is not always the most powerful. I mean... You heard it here, guys. The, the Bugatti Write it down. is well. Seriously, <laughs> no, I, I hear you. In in terms of my Cayman, only three hundred and forty horsepower. There's many cars that can whoop it off yep. the line. Yeah, they will thrash it. Yeah. off the line. They will be gone, and I will be left mm-hmm. driving a Porsche that didn't beat them off the line. I don't sure. care. Yeah, sure. And then I think about the GT4 RS. What an incredible car! Yeah, I'd love to have one, but there's no reason to. To not like my car anymore. Yeah, I see that. It's yeah. still such a brilliant car, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I'm starting to know the edges of that car. Mm. I can find, start to approach the limit in that car, and really enjoy it. And it's a high limit. Yes, it does have. It's one. still yeah, a GPS sure. after yep, all. Big time. 340 horsepower, still a lot of power. A lot more than most sports cars. Yeah, but it's not 400. It's you're not. not it's, it's not a not bragging right number. 700. Not it's yeah. not a Z06 Corvette now. Yeah, yeah. Are those owners going to be tracking them? Now I think that Corvette has now built a car so outside the realm of what the Corvette brand has always meant, Mm. they've built cars for the auction sites. (laughs) The Z06 is so expensive now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the power to cost differential Uh is no longer within the Corvette realm of what everybody loved Corvettes. Like, I got a great deal. I bought a Corvette and I got all this power. Yeah. Sweet. That's what Corvette means. Yeah. Great handling. But you're lots spending of power, supercar money now. Yeah. And I didn't have to hold, uh, spend a whole lot of money. Yeah. Well, now you do. Yeah, true. It's a good point. Completely outside. I don't know what the threshold is, <laughs> the dollar amount threshold is, but I know it's outside of it, whatever it is. <laughs> we have clearly surpassed the line. One C8 is now two C8 monetary units. That's a very good point. Yeah. Does That's that make point. it a Corvette? Is it still a yeah. true Corvette in that sense? Oh, wow. Or is it now a super duper car? Interesting. I like that. That's very good. Marvin47 is watching our road trip films. Thank you for doing that, man. He said, assuming a one-week trip, would we rather do a three-day one-way adventure to drive three days back or do a longer one-way adventure and ship the car back? He said he understands there's pros and cons to both. Now, obviously, the uh, shipping the car back is expensive. It just is. We have taken ro- these four big road trips in our old cars, and we have done both of the above. Like when we went east, it was 2,400 miles one way, and we shipped the car back. But when we went south, we did the full circuit, okay? So it resulted in actually our longest trip at just over 3,000 miles was going south because of the amount of time it took to go both ways. I, I would say, Marvin, if I'm just going to take the budget qu- part of it out of it for a second. I think the best way to do it is one way and ship the car. Because you don't have, I, I understand you could take an alternate route to some degree coming back, but at some point you're going to have transit miles coming back where you're like, we did this already. Mm-hmm. The, you, you've taken the newness out of the experience on the way back, and it's a more, it feels like more of a slog on the return. So in a perfect world, it's one way. See all the sites you want to do. Take up as much time as you can to do the singular direction one way. Take it all in. Fly back, and the car arrives after you. I think that's awesome. It's also pricey. Geese One RBM says, would you consider yourselves more fans of cars or more mm. fans of driving? Does the car itself take precedence over the drive? 
When we stopped for lunch today during mm-hmm. our shoot, yeah. we encountered a green Huracan Cabriolet. Yep. We could tell the couple probably rented it mm-hmm. and were just out enjoying a drive on PCH. Yep. Totally cool. Totally get it. And they rented a special car. Yeah, for sure. What a great idea. So they stopped for lunch. We saw the car. And then we left lunch and we saw it just parked by the beach. And I'm looking at this thing, noting my disinterest in that car. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, if somebody were to hand me a car and say, go drive. You'd be I'm okay. Turn yeah. It down. Uh-huh. yeah, sure. I would thoroughly enjoy it. If somebody wanted to give me one, sure. But I'm not super interested in that car in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a stigma attached to it because of YouTubers. <laughs> yeah. The people who build them are amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really interested in having that. I mm. see it and I think, okay, I'm glad you're enjoying it. But the driving is actually probably what I want to be doing. Why is that car parked? Mm. Well, I'm sure you don't want to go over your mileage limit. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, yeah. But if you were to hand me that car, I'd be out driving and much of it would be the scenery. Now, it's an amazing car, an amazing handling sure, car. But sure, sure. it's also stressful mm. because of mm. low curbs and low entries. Yeah, you yeah. don't ding a wheel. Don't scrape the front spoiler. Yeah. Be careful where you park. Oh my gosh, people are looking at us. Well, I guess it is a lime green Huracan convertible. <laughs> With the top it sounds off, yeah. like that. Yeah, for sure, yeah. People are going to look. But I just didn't have much interest in the car itself. I wanted to be driving it or out driving another car. Interesting. If I weren't driving that, yeah. I wouldn't be sad. What's wrong with me? I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Geese, I, I want to speak to this as well because I think it's a great question. And I, my big takeaway, and I want to unpack it a little bit, is I am more a fan of the driving than of the specific car. And I thought about it in these extremes. Would I rather sit in an amazing car in stop-and-go traffic or sit in the wrong car, minivan, Prius, take your wrong car on an amazing mountain road? Mm. I'll take the mountain road. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because you can enjoy the drive in the wrong car. You absolutely can, or at least I do. I just I can't believe I'm on this really cool road right now. Can you believe this corner? Oh my gosh, look at that bit of scenery. That's fantastic behind the wheel of anything. Now it gets better with the right car. I would much rather have great road trip and right car. That's what we've done with our road trips and we encourage you to do as well. I would, more than anything, just like to be on a really cool road getting to actually operate the vehicle. And there, we also talk about this over the course of this shoot and other times. The number of times we've had a lot of fun making a car that is not the right car get hooned down an amazing road. Mm-hmm. Where you're pushing the out-of-place car. And that's still really fun. So I think I have to say I'm more the fan of driving than the fan of the car specifically. I mean, it's a sliding scale. For sure. The, the, you know, there's, oh, I, there's I cars be... that I'm totally interested in. I would just be happy sitting in it yeah. stationary in I a dark garage. <laughs> Sweet. We can't film that, though. we got to at least have light. That's true. But anyway, but, but, you know, but I would, of course, I want the perfect road with the right car. But, yeah, we got to make choices. You Know Nothing Flow has a question that I think depends on you personally and your budget, but it's an interesting question. He said, do we find that sometimes somebody needs to own a reset car? You get something like a Camry or Corolla or something small and not impressive because you've gone too far up the car chain and to continue to climb is territory you can't afford. A couple of things going on here, Flow. First off, you know what? The impression is, the consumer impression, and we're all given this impression, the next car you buy has to be more expensive than the last car you bought. But our GR86 was a great example of the fact that 
Sometimes you can spend less and have lots of fun. So if, if you need it, I think reset cars are worth it, but I think you don't necessarily have to go to bland. You just have to go to something sporting that is less than the thing you bought prior. You have, I'm just, I'm making this up right now, you have a high-powered BMW M car, and you sell that and buy a Miata. It's obviously a very different driving experience, but I think having the different driving experience is key. The other thing I think is important here that also helps Paul and I is having access to more than one kind of car you own. You have your Monster Expedition, you have your 928, you have your, your Cayman. Those mm-hmm. are three very different driving experiences. True. Right now I have a Lotus, a Cayenne, and the 300ZX. Three very different driving experiences. True, true. And so having regular access to cars you own that are completely different, that helps with the balance as well. If you have one car and you're constantly climbing the scale, at some point it gets precipitous. Since we're traveling, we will cut it short and leave it there right now, but we really appreciate all your questions on social media. Thanks for writing to us. And again, when you have your car debate, when you're ready for us to debate what we think you should buy next, write to us. We're always looking forward to hearing from you. We're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.